0: folks, welcome back to the DC3cast. I am Brian, with me as always are Zach and Vince. We're going to get into the reviews in just a minute, but there's some pretty big news this week, and we want to talk about it because I think it's it's one of the more interesting news stories we've had break uh, recently. So it's being reported that Tom King is going to be wrapping up his Batman run with issue, With, with they haven't said an exact issue, but Something like issue 75 or issue 80. 85. Um, I thought it was 85. 85, yeah. okay, yeah. I don't think they've officially announced what that... They number... haven't
1: officially, or did they officially announce it? No, a bunch no. of people
0: are saying, like, it's been confirmed via sources or whatever. Right. But there's You're no... Expensive. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so, you know, the King is ending his Batman run, uh, you know, 15 or 20 issues early. And... Um, you know, taken in a vacuum, I think it's easy for people like us who don't like his run to say, like, "Oh, well, good. That's fifteen less issues of uh, Batman rat, run I don't, I don't like. That you know, I can now just avoid guilt-free or whatever." Uh, but I think this is a. I think that, that there are some problematic parts of this, and I kind of want to pick your brains about this. So. Obviously, we don't know what happened. we don't we we may never know what really happened about this um but do you guys get the impression at all that this isn't something that King did voluntarily? No,
1: I don't see how there's any way he did it voluntarily.
0: The only situation I could see and somebody uh one of the multiversity folks presented this was maybe. He sat down with the editor and the editor said like listen this is the story here and you're you're spending so much time on this ancillary stuff there'd be so much more impact if we just did this and you know cut out x y z uh,
2: yeah I don't think that I mean if 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 bleeding cool is to be believed which you know um, it it wasn't Tom, Tom King's decision at all. Right. Um, right. So I I see what you're saying, um, but I don't think that that same guy then goes you know goes uh, in that interview and talks about all this stuff he's got planned for the last 15 issues of the run or whatever, and you know that was just like a week ago, right? Right. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that happens if. If all of a sudden it's decided by, you know, including him in the decision, uh, to to kind of junk all of that, you know, I think I (laughs) think I think if anything, that interview may have spurred some action um, on DC's part that maybe they were kind of always planning on, and and they figured, well, now you know, (laughs) now that that interview's out, we got we really have to pull the trigger on this because. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. So, what is our, you know, what do you guys think about this? What's what's your general thought about it? Zach, why don't you start?
1: Well, behind the curtains, you guys already know what I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm talking but, about for our listeners but, here. We've but I will about talk this.
1: about it for the listeners. Yeah. Um, I think this is really bad um, for a lot of reasons. I I this. This is the absolute... I think this is like the worst-case scenario, honestly. Um, I think that... I think... So, behind-the-scenes comic stuff almost always sucks. But none of us have really enjoyed this run. But I don't think any of us had ever wished that it would end early because then there's just no hope for it like for for what it's worth there have been okay parts about king's batman run a few bright spots and the fact that he is potentially wrapping, wrapping it up 15 to 20 issues early means that this 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 whole run is not going to get a satisfactory end it's going to just be it's going to have a, a rushed ending that is probably being developed right now like as we speak um, he's probably rewriting those final issues and figuring out how, to,
0: well, how I, to cap it. I do just want to say one thing that he said that I guess the City of Bane storyline which wraps up in 77 maybe he said that's like the emotional climax of the run and that everything else is is sort of resolution after that so I don't disagree with you but I feel like some of like the major the major stuff I think is already gonna be was already gonna be done by eighty five.
1: Well if it's wrapping
0: up in seventy
1: seven I mean we're only on or what 80... issue did we just have? We said seventy one. Okay. I mean that's not very far from now. I mean I guess it could be but he I mean right now we're in that fall of the fallen arc and then the city of Bane was starting. Right. Yeah. So And then there was some kind of big, like fifteen issue arc.
0: But supposedly that that one was like the, I guess, establishing a new a new, uh, like status quo sort of. For the way the way he made it sound in a couple of interviews, and not just this most recent one, was that City of Bane is sort of the real climax of the of his run. Hmm.
1: Well, regardless, I don't see how this benefits anyone because it sounds like this was a very last minute decision. And so the story is going to end not as planned and um, it's going to be picked up by probably, I would guess, um, Juergens or Venditti or I don't know, Cullen Bunn comes over from Marvel or... Uh, any of the above and we're going to get them writing Batman half-heartedly heartedly for about a year and then... Uh, Bendis. And then Bendis. Which, hey, bring on Bendis. Batman Universe is awesome. I'm, I'm excited to read the whole thing. <laughs> Vince, what's up? Yeah,
2: uh, I agree. I agree with Zach. I, I'm... Man... You know me, I've hated this Batman run. Like, at times with a burning hot passion. Um, and when this when this was sort of announced or, or kind of leaked out on Bleeding Cool, I, I was more or less numb because <laughs> that makes it sound really dramatic. That yes, makes it, it sound like we're talking about, like, somebody dying, you know. I don't feel that way at all. But I mean, like, r- about the news... I was numb because on the one hand, you know, it's, it's just a comic book writing job and Tom King is going to be fine. Right. It's not like this is not somebody who's losing a gig that they're never going to get back or they're never going to get an equitable opportunity out of it. You know, like out of all of this, Tom King is going to be fine. Right. Um, I don't particularly care To know how the story was going, I like I don't care about the story at all. I don't need to see where it's going. I'm not invested in it at all. Um, So that part of it doesn't bother me. But but what Zach hit on is the the very same thing that um, bothers me most about this, which is that just the what this means for the way that a corporate comic book company is run behind the scenes. It's just so bothersome to me. And I'm sure similar things like this happen all the time, but um, it just sucks that they can't make a decision, stick with it, make, make it work for their creatives, make them happy. Uh, it just looks really bad. Like people looking from the outside, you know, let's take, Tom King and how he feels about this out of the equation. Everybody else looking at DC right now, it makes, it makes them look like they have egg on their hands in some way, you know? And I I don't care about, you know, how DC looks or doesn't look as a company for their bottom line, but I care about it for like other creatives that maybe want to go and work there or other opportunities that, that people are going to have, you know what I mean? Um, we love comics. We love superhero comics. I know creator-owned comics. You know, if they're successful, are better for the creators. But there's things that that DC and Marvel offer that you know not ev- not every creator is going to be able to go have a wildly successful creator-owned comic, right? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work out that way. And so, so DC and Marvel do provide jobs and benefits. Uh, Even if they're vastly underpaying or whatever, you know, however you feel about that. They provide opportunities that people aren't necessarily going to get. There's still a reason why people go and work for those companies, right? And it's not just because they love Batman, right? And that's the part that bugs me, that they... This has been a trend that we've been, you know, acutely aware of since the new 52 started all this editorial interference. And, you know, I'm sure it goes back farther than that, but as far as I've been paying attention, this is a thing that's been happening since the new 52. And it's just every time, like Zach said, nobody benefits. It's a bummer for everyone. (laughs) And, and so, you know, I hate this run, but, I don't ever want anyone I don't ever want anyone to to lose a job or or for a story to end for any reason other than like that creator did something very problematic that they need to be taken off. You know what I
0: mean? Like see town comma border.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is the time where it's like, yes, I want this book canceled and I want that person to lose a job. You know, I may not care for Tom King's writing, but I don't want him to lose a job necessarily. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, Brian. I I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, the thing to me that I can't square is why this is happening and why this is happening now. So, you know, a friend of the show, Walter Richardson and I spend uh, probably too much of our work days on G chat talking about stuff. And we were talking about how like Pretty much there there are two barometers that the big two go by in terms of what they consider successful. The first one is sales. And sales will always be the most important piece of this puzzle. The second one is critical praise. And I don't mean like the DC3 cast critical praise. I mean like, are they getting Eisner and Harvey nominations? Are there... Are the graphic are the collections hitting the New York Times bestseller list and getting some sort of mainstream press attention on them? And by those two criteria, press validation and sales, Tom King's Batman is a wildly successful comic. So it's very weird to me that they would want to kill the golden goose that is producing this comic. That's the first part of it. The second part of it is that King is just about to wrap up Heroes in Crisis, which has been, again, I think, from the criteria that we're talking about, has been a successful comic for DC. It seems really odd to me that you would take the architect of your current big event and the architect of your biggest-selling monthly book and you would... And you would diffuse that and say, like, no, nah, we're going to end this early. I think that's just very strange. While I think it's bad for a number of reasons, I think that it's even weirder than it is bad that this is happening and this is happening now. I could see... I think there's a a, a world out there where King wraps up Batman and then doesn't get some DC work for a while. Like if DC felt like, all right, we don't you want to take batman in a new direction so after king's run we're going to we're going to wrap this up i can see that happening it it seems to me like editorial would have to know what's happening in these books before this week right so it's not like there be i'm sure that half the issues we're talking about have already been thumbnailed you know to to be illustrated so it's just i don't understand why now this is happening. I think something very dangerous is going to happen. And after we texted about this, uh, Rich Johnson of Bleeding Cool said the same thing, essentially, which is that this is going to make this book and Tom King into a martyr. And we're going to hear like a release the Snyder Cut (laughs) thing forever about this. Oh, yeah. Uh, And that, that sucks a lot as well. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, like when, it's like when
1: Claremont left X-Men after those first three Jim Lee issues, uh-huh. and then 10 years later, or however long it was, Marvel had him come back and continue that story with a new ongoing. We're going to get that with Tom
0: King. Well, I actually think that the, the, there's a very innocent way to read all of this, which is that they realize this will work better in, like, a 12-issue um, limited series.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. is I've, I've seen some speculation that this could be, like, a Batman and Robin-style thing. Yeah. Like, Where... you know, our, how our, our RIP led into a different book. And that could mean Tom King writing Batman for
0: even longer. Exactly. Sure. Um, but do you guys agree that this, the timing of all of this and the people involved are just very unusual for this type of thing
1: oh yeah I mean
0: do you think Heroes in Crisis
1: has anything to do with this
0: I've been wondering that myself on one hand I think that again like for, for, the, for that book to happen editorial had to know what kind of book it was so, did they Maybe the way I understand it. And again, I, I do not work in comics, but I feel like it's one thing if you're hired as the writer of Batman and you give the sort of overarching. All right. I, I, I have this big plan. You know, Bruce and Selina are going to fall in love and Bane and all this. And then you kind of say, OK, well, that that sounds great and then you let that person go off and write that, and editorial works with them to help shape their, like, big overarching story. I think that's very different than I'm writing an event book. You need to give more of the specifics than just that. Like, I don't think Tom King could have got this book greenlit if he just said, it's a book about superhero trauma. And like, got it, done, here's eight issues. Oh,
1: I think he could have with the clout that he had at that time.
0: I just think because of how interconnected the DC universe is, I mean, they had to do that Green Arrow issue that dealt with Roy's death. Like, all those things have to happen, and you have to let the writers know ahead of time. What I'm saying is, I don't... I mean, Heroes in Crisis, the, the, the script for Heroes in Crisis number nine had to have been turned in months ago. So unless they're basing this, unless the reviews for Heroes in Crisis... Are worse than I think they are. It just seems like an overreaction to that as well. I think they're pretty bad.
2: <clears throat> Here's the thing, though, Zach. Like, remember, remember how Fifty Two ended? Yes. Like with the editorial stuff on on that series.
1: Oh no, I guess I don't know about that.
2: So they they essentially, uh, like editorial. I believe it was Didio um basically completely changed the last issue to the point where the the architects of 52 wanted their names taken off of it because they they wanted to end it a certain way and it was it was not something that any of the writers agreed to or wanted and and they did it and so that tells me like there's no surprise if DC doesn't like what's happening in Heroes in Crisis Dan DeDio himself is not above taking that and changing the script.
0: They will all be rescued by Mo if that makes somebody exactly, happy. Like that exactly.
2: It could very well happen next week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... So I really don't think they can... Creators can... Especially, like, they need to get... They need to get major plot points uh, approved by well, editorial... Before so, they do them, you know. Here,
1: here's not like I guess my thing is I I'm not I'm not like saying that Tom King is pulling a fast one here necessarily. I'm more saying like maybe editorial and all of DC misread this in that Tom King was very much riding on the high of Vision, really just Vision, honestly, like
0: Omega Men.
1: Uh, yeah, but Vision was a way bigger deal than Omega Man, I think, um, in terms of like critical acclaim. Yeah, like, and, and the Men...
2: impact it's going to have going forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and even like some of the praise for his like Batman stuff around that time too was like kind of, it, it was still pretty well regarded. I feel like in the press, in I the, the it comic still book is press. In the press. But it's a whole other uh, it, no, it's 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 taken a hit definitely. That nightmare is arc, I think. I'd have to go check the the, the comic book roundup, but it's definitely down.
2: You mean people weren't as high on the most masturbatory arc of a comic Mm -hmm. I may have read in my recent memory? Do you want to know
0: how bad that reception is? There's a joke about it in The Fucking Savage Dragon this week.
1: I know, yeah. (laughs) Um, But um, um, really, I think that maybe they thought that they bought into the idea that like Tom King is this kind of second coming of Alan Moore. I
0: I really think that that's what happened.
2: Okay. But... Ah, so they need to, they, so they're going to jerk him around. The <laughs> yeah. <way. laughs> yes. Yeah. Well
0: played. But, but I still feel like, isn't the collateral damage less to just let him finish the run. Yeah. But that never stops these people. It's still selling though. That's to me, that is the big mystery here. I mean, it's
1: it's it's bat penis all over again. You know, it's just. Let's call attention to this thing that. People maybe wouldn't have made a big deal about and then everyone is going to care.
0: Yes. I don't know. To me, it's it's something really fishy is going on here. I think the most likely thing is that like that interview we referenced last week about Batman having CTE or whatever, or whatever. He he doesn't actually say that, but you know, that, that interview, I, I think that might be the smoking gun here that they just looked at that and thought like, Oh, he's taking this further than we thought he was going to take this. Or maybe some, maybe somebody at some higher up at Warner brothers read that. And said like, "No, we're not doing this." To me, that well, see, makes, that's what. Well, go ahead.
1: I was going to say that's weird though, because in that interview, he's like, "I have specifically okayed this. I went above DC. I've talked to, to Warner's and AT and T, and they are okay with this."
0: Well, I, I think there's a difference between talking to somebody at Warner's and AT and T versus talking like. Maybe I don't don't, don't think Tom King got the president of AT&T in his office to talk about Batman stories, you know, but that guy might have read that article. You know, Um, I just don't know. I, I think it's most likely that
2: editorial just realized that Tom King forgot that there were three Jokers now (laughs) and
0: they forced him off the book. Yeah. I do wonder. Somebody had said that they wonder if this is because DC is, and I hadn't even thought of this, but that this is to facilitate the next DC reboot after Doomsday Clock is over. Well, that's what I I said that on um, what what dot
2: cd um, <laughs> that website we all uh, love to use. Oh. Um, <laughs> rate rate your music yeah you know, exactly what, but i said this in the comments uh, <laughs> good reads. carly ray jepson yeah. yeah goodreads yeah. there we go that's our, that's our uh, joke <laughs> <laughs> uh that that it's gonna that i don't know that i really believe this but one of the first things i thought was well, they want to speed up the new reboot, and they want to do it to sort of coincide with what they hope is a a better shot at a new cinematic Batman and a new cinematic thing. Not necessarily a universe, but whatever they're whatever they're doing. You know what I mean? with With the announce with the announcement of uh, Robert Pattinson, I guess they haven't they haven't officially announced that themselves, have they? Uh, I don't Warner's?
1: Think so. No, I don't think so.
2: But don't you think that if that's ramping up, because now we're hearing a lot more casting rumors? We've heard about Cat Catwoman casting rumors now. I think just today. Um, uh, See,
0: that's still so far away, though.
2: It is, but don't you think like that? They're that they're maybe angling. They could. Uh, they could be angling towards that, right? Like.
1: N- I really now, think
0: that we're at least a reboot and a half away from that movie. Oh, no, I mean, it's it's set for
1: 2021. Yeah. And they are holding pretty close to their, their recent release schedule has gotten a lot more conservative, and they're, for the most part, sticking to things. I mean, it, it could get pushed. If any movie's going to get pushed, it's probably that one. But you think about it, Doomsday Clock is not going to end until probably November.
0: Oh, it'll be. I'm telling you, it's 2020.
1: Oh, you you could be right. I'm saying at the earliest because that's right even now, better
2: for Zach's point. I think if it yeah, gets pushed out.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like, um, right now, issue 11 is solicited for August. So maybe that gets pushed another month. Issue 12, earliest November. I would peg it November to January. Then a big relaunch happens in February, March. Yeah. Which is a right around the time that Tom King's Batman run should be ending now.
0: No. by end of the year, they said,
1: well, that's right around. Yeah. If, if he's got, he's, if it ends at 85, that's 14 more issues at seven more months. So that yeah. is, mm-hmm.
2: that's right, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you know if they are going that far, or if they if they're if they're rebooting, relaunching, euthan <laughs> I was gonna say euthanizing. I mean like <laughs> I mean like reusing, de- 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 deaging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, new uh,
1: new fifty two. Right. Th-
2: then my question has to be, and again, I'm not calling for anybody's job. I don't want anybody fired necessarily. But at what point are you like, okay, all the brass that's involved here needs to be uh, rebooted themselves? Like, how many times can we do this? What, you know?
0: I mean, I think if, it makes a lot if, of sense to look at John's, DiDio, and Lee and to try and find sort of three younger guys who could step into those roles that fans would accept as authorities on DC comics.
1: Well,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. 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 <laughs> Brian is obviously the <laughs> Um,
2: I'm, I'm Jim Lee. You're, you're Jeff John, Zach. You think so? I think so. You like you you wear cool leather jackets and <laughs>
1: I've never worn a leather jacket.
2: <laughs> no, I think I actually I think Brian is Jeff Johns.
1: Uh, you might be right.
2: But Why is Brian,
1: that? Brian I could D- be Didio maybe. I don't know.
2: No, 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 no. I'm Didio cuz I'm the problematic one.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Brian does the best Didio, but but spiritually he's Johns.
1: He does love James Robinson.
0: That is true. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, just getting back to the to the King thing, yeah. You know, leaving out like talks of reboots and all that because we don't know what what the fuck we're talking about with that. That's all just conjecture, right? Oh, um,
1: yeah. that's all this podcast is. Well
0: oh, yeah, no, but but going back to King in, in particular too, I just think that there's something, there's something really bad about. I mean, to be fair, DC might have never told King he's doing a hundred issues. King might have just said, "I'm going to oh, do hundred issue, guys," and they're like, "Okay." Just like when my daughter says, "Like I'm going to go find a unicorn one day," I know I know they're real, and I'm like, "You do that, honey." You know, maybe they're just you know. So I, I don't know that DC ever promised him anything, but I think it's a bad look when somebody has been clearly building towards something big and then having their knees clipped, and that's not going to happen. Even if I don't like what that thing is, I want creators to be telling the stories that they want to tell and that they feel are the best stories they can tell. And I think there's a world of difference in canceling Tom King's Batman at issue 20 or issue 50 than there is doing what they're doing right now. To me, this feels way more... um, I don't know what I'm looking for is uh serious way more troubling to, to, to cancel it this far into the run. It just seems like there's nothing to be gained from canceling it this far into the run.
1: Yeah. It also just definitely means that like Batman as a character can never change or grow or do anything interesting ever.
0: You know, oh, I was thinking I, about that exact hate that so much. So do I, but I was thinking about that exact point the other day. And isn't it crazy that the biggest change we've gotten to Batman in I mean, possibly ever, which is what Morrison was doing with him, that happened during the Bale movies. hmm Like mm-hmm. during the biggest successful bat live action stuff ever the comics were able to go buck wild and that goes against every bit of conventional wisdom that that you think is out there about this.
1: Well, in terms of like films though, like those movies were kind of doing the same thing. I mean,
2: it kind of, yeah, they, kind were, of they were, was. they were, they were Zach, but they were the thing that mass audiences. Right. I figured I guess it
1: I, out. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess. When, yeah. But like, they were like bail. I mean, and no one were playing fast and loose with stuff too. But they
0: they were playing fast and loose to you and to me. I don't know if the average cinematic viewer was like, "Oh, look at this fresh take on Batman." (laughs) Maybe not, (laughs) but I mean, like even even like
1: even something as small as having like the time jump in between the last two movies and and doing. I don't doing know. The, doing the final Batman story.
0: Yeah, 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 essentially, yeah, like that. But that was only possible because it was A. Nolan and B. Because the first two were such huge hits. But just For like sure. you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just crazy to me just to see to see Warner Brothers allow DC to do something so different with the comic Batman while they were making literal billions off the film Batman.
1: Well, I mean, that's what Marvel does all the time.
2: Yeah. Sure. Yeah, their their universe
0: essentially never resembles <laughs> what's going on in the movie, you know. Except every couple of years when they redesign all the characters to look like the film versions. But sure, if, sure. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, but in they, terms of storyline, do... never.
1: Yeah. 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 Um.
0: yeah I don't know i I hope for everyone involved, I hope that what we said before was true like which is that this is gonna spin into a bat Love's cat twelve issue series, and that that's going to wrap up this story because i I can't fucking deal with people making a martyr out of King and saying how you know. How we need to like let his vision come out. Even if I agree with that in principle, the people are going to be so obnoxious about it. I just, I can't oh yeah, it. it's... right. It's it's bad.
2: It's bad for the discourse.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: Which I don't participate in, or 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 can even see because I'm not right. They don't talk about that on
0: rate your music. So yeah. Um. We should change that joke to be that we just talk about comics on farmers only. <laughs> we all set up farmers only profiles. City folk just don't get it. Exactly, they don't understand. Yeah,
1: <laughs> run run yeah. Co- r slash comics. Yeah, r slash is it comics or comic books?
2: Comic books, my friend.
1: Okay, comics is another thing.
2: Not that I
0: would know. <laughs> um, discourse free since twenty eighteen. <laughs> Oh. The only the
2: only discourse uh, that we get is on Farmers Only with Jeff Darrow. Yeah, exactly. He's on there talking comics with us, talking shop. Yeah.
0: By the way, did you guys see the Jeff Darrow, John Wick 3 story? No. This is the best story I've heard. I mean, it's terrible, but it's like the most amazing story I've heard. So Jeff Darrow was commissioned, probably somebody who worked in the art department for John Wick was a huge Jeff Darrow fan. And said, we want to do a bunch of posters from they're like, that are illustrated for John Wick. Would you do a poster for John Wick 3? And he said, oh, sure, absolutely. And so he said, what can I do? And they said, you have total carte blanche as long as you don't do anything that is like penetration sexual. Like, violence is cool, but like keep it easy on the sex. Whatever. Okay. Uh-huh. So he does this poster... And he says that it's, you know, it's it's sex free, but it's very violent. There's a lot of blood and all that. And he sends it in and they love it. Oh, this is great. Thank you so much. So months and months go by and he's seeing all these posters released, and his poster wasn't released. So he wrote to like his rep or whatever and said, Hey, I I guess you're not gonna use this poster. It's totally fine. Can I just can I get the rights to, to put the poster basically on my Facebook page and to show it to people? And the guy was like, yeah, so about that, um, the people behind the marketing of this film think your poster is so abhorrently violent, we can't let you show it to anybody ever. <laughs> So nobody else was really familiar with Jeff Darrow's work. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you're hiring the Shaolin Cowboy guy. Like, (laughs) you know, what do you expect? Uh, But yeah, so apparently it's so violent. He's not allowed because of his NDA. He can't show it. He can't show it to anybody. So. They said it would damage the reputation of the film to show that poster. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Which is crazy um, But yeah we, we talk with Jeff on Farmers Only Is the Long and <laughs> short of it so. Yeah Well let's take a break And when we come back We will talk not about Tom King But about the DC Comics release this week
1: Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in
0: and week out. And now, back to your show. And we are back. Uh, Before we get to the reviews, let's do our lists real quickly for this week. Um, So on the good list, we have Dial H for Hero, Martian Manhunter, and Wonder Woman. On the okay list, we have Batgirl, Freedom Fighters, Justice League Dark, uh, nothing on the bad list. Uh, books of magic are on the Sandman universe list. Uh, the Silencer is on the New Age of Heroes list, and I checked. Next Silencer is the last issue, so we have to read that one. Number eighteen is where the last the book wraps up, mm. and Batman Beyond is on the Jergens list.
2: <laughs> See, we're so positive. Nothing on the bad list.
0: Yeah, nothing on the bad. Even though a number of those books would probably be. If eight, we didn't have eight, the list. Well, hey. Hey, no. <laughs> Don't break the sacred list.
1: They're on their list that they belong on.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. All right, well, let's get to our reviews then. The first one this week is Action Comics number, is this 1011? Yes. Uh, Written by Brian Bendis, illustrated by Steve Epting. Vince, I know there was a big uh, moment here you wanted to talk about, so take it away.
2: Oh man, the return of Manhunter! Um,
0: yeah, baby.
2: Yeah, I C- Kate Spencer, Manhunter uh, specifically. We've seen Kate Spencer in in prior issues. Um, we saw Kate Spencer a little bit in Ben Percy's Green Arrow. Yes, yes, um, but only as her lawyer persona. Um, here we finally see her back in the Manhunter costume which is it's she's one of my favorite characters in all of dc that's one of my favorite costumes and and weapons like the big lightsaber staff essentially um it just it just looks like a double-sided lightsaber kind of um
0: I'm glad you said lightsaber
2: <laughs> 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 uh, good night everybody yeah. um uh it's just really good to have her back. Uh, it's been too long. Uh, it's a great character. She's used uh, in a really great way in this issue. Um, it's some more, some more fun courtesy of Bendis, right? So she's uh, in the opening of this issue. She's getting questioned by uh, Maggie Sawyer because in the last issue, um, her 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 visual identity was used by was it Talia or I forget was it Talia Al Ghul who was doing that or was it somebody else or we don't know
0: I don't I don't know if we knew
2: yeah and so now she's getting accused of being a part of something that she wasn't and uh and yeah it's just a really fun action-packed opening scene where she has to escape from her own apartment and um yeah yeah just great to have her back this was a fun issue, you guys.
1: It was. That, uh, that page of her jumping out of the off the like fire escape is really, really good.
2: Wonderful. Yeah. The the timing of that whole thing. The the, the prior page where it's a double page spread and at the top of it she's busting through the door into the hallway and pushing the the, group, the like SWAT team back into the hallway. That's such a great the the, the way that it goes widescreen at that point you know, Mm -hmm. and the action kind of amps up right at that point. It's a really nice job by Epting to the way he frames that. And then, uh, and then it leading to her making her escape that that's a really stunning page to, to then jump to from the double page spread.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think this is maybe Epting's best issue of action so far.
2: Sure. Yeah. I kind of miss the the super Jerry curl, but but yes,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so this issue is really starting. I mean, this is the final lead up to event Leviathan. This is the final Leviathan Rising issue. And what I like about this issue is that we got a lot of information here about sort of the players that are going to be involved in this event. You know, we saw The Guardian show up, we saw Kate Spencer, we saw Maggie Sawyer, we saw... Uh, just, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to get a, sort of a better idea of the roadmap of the event. And we know that it invo- it's involving DC's clandestine organizations, etc., etc. But, we really still don't know what this event is. And I mean that as a compliment, I think sometimes, and I think that like somebody who we love, like Scott Snyder, I think can be guilty of this sometimes. Where before the event happens, we've heard so many interviews, we know exactly what the event is. And I know I know Johns used to always do that, where he would he would tell you like a big character beat before the event was before it started. You'd read an interview with him, and he'd say, you know, well this there's there's a moment where this happens and. I haven't really heard too many specifics about this event. And I like that. I think it's good. I think there's a nice air of mystery to it. And this event, because it does deal with clandestine organizations and espionage and all that, I think it's important that the mystery part of it is preserved. Uh, let the mystery be, as it were. Yes. Yeah. So. And, um, you know, does that make sense to you guys? Do you guys agree with that? I do, yeah.
2: Yeah, I do. I think um, there's a lot of times you can accuse uh, Bendis of uh, decompression. And I think like if you were to if you were to tell me that Bendis wrote a lead up story to an event and the lead up was like, what was this? Was it a full six issues or five five issues? Well, regardless, if you told me it was a five issue lead up to an event, I would say, oh, I bet it's decompressed as hell. But honestly, th- this particular arc didn't feel like that to me at all. Um, so I think here he avoids that label. Uh, each of these issues was satisfying in its own right, I think. And, um, and, I'm, and then primes the pump and gets me excited for what's about to come, uh, which is a- another instance of Bendis surprising us at DC, I think, because... So many times at Marvel, I felt like the decompression just got to be ridiculous, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this issue, this issue was really good. It's very much not; de- it's not decompressed at all. In fact, a lot of stuff that that could have been padding is not in there. Like we, you know, we have Amanda Waller escape off panel. We have. Um the scene with the the guardian and presumably I guess the question that's only two pages but feels like it could have been stretched out a lot longer. Um Mm -hmm. this is a packed comic.
0: And I'm loving how Bendis is writing uh Jimmy Olsen here. And I'm loving I just everything about this is it's very it's it's very good. It's very exciting. I um,
1: this is not an interesting take at all. In fact, it's pretty lame. I think, <laughs> um, but I'm gonna say it anyway because there's just something about what Bendis is doing here and the characters that he's using and the way he's using them and the way he's setting this all up that makes that's very much like new Krypton era Superman stuff to me. <laughs> you know, like when you had all those jimmy olsen guardian specials here and there and um you you had like weird tangential superman characters showing up in different books um yeah just the way that he's positioning like the question and guardian and manhunter um and and the way spiral is factoring into this it's just it feels so big and 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 good and and the same way that like the best parts of of new krypton and not necessarily the event but like the stuff that came after that the like world of new krypton stuff um yeah that's i i feel like that's when i mean the tomacy gleason superman book was good for different reasons it was good because it's focused on the smallville stuff this is good because it's really focusing on the Metropolis stuff. And, and even going outside of that. So,
0: Yeah. And although it has been said that there was no way that Bendis read Dan Juergen's run on Superman. I I've really been enjoying how he has been sprinkling in so much of that stuff. And he's been really very cognizant to... Builds up without taking away, and it just—it's—I can't tell you how impressed I am with Bendis with all this. It's really a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Didn't see it coming. Thank goodness. Thank goodness they got Bendis. I—I I remember the morning they announced that Bendis was coming to DC. We were texting, and I think all of us basically said we were excited for DC because this meant that DC was like going for it, and they were trying to do something big and special. But I don't think any of us were like, oh, I can't wait to read Bendis' take on these characters. At least I wasn't. And every week I'm proven wrong by that. So, yeah, thanks, Bendis. I also loved how uh, Jimmy Ellison called Superman Chaz, thinking that was his actual <laughs> real name. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was a really nice touch. That's great, yeah. yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Uh He should have just ran with it and be like, "Yeah, that's my name." Yeah. (laughs) Uh. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, Detective Comics number one thousand four, written by Peter Tomasi, illustrated by Brad Walker. So this is the secret origin of the Arkham Knight, and it sucks. It's so bad. It's so bad.
1: But do you want to know the worst thing about this issue, in my opinion? What's that? I think the worst thing in this issue, and this kind of, again, comes back to just how uninteresting Batman has to be, is that we find out that the reason she, that Astra Darkham is this way is because she thinks that Bruce killed her mom. But no, it wasn't Bruce. It was some other criminal off-panel criminal exactly who got a hold of some boomerangs some batarangs i mean and and threw them and
0: killed killed the mom
1: why couldn't it have just been bruce
0: yeah he he threw a batarang at the joker and the joker ducked and yeah
2: yeah like oh oh i no that'd be terrible i'd be so pissed off if that were
0: why really if he killed somebody? Accidentally. Accidentally. You don't That's think... A, str- it, a stray bullet. You don't think every fucking night in Gotham, some gargoyle he pulls off a building falls and fucks somebody up?
2: Now you're getting into, like, who fills the Batmobile's tires with air. Like, it's not a. It's, it's Alfred, not about. come what, on! It's, no. not a, it's not about what
1: I, I just think it's... it's that Cal- Batman does... No, he, I think it's a much more interesting... I think it's much more interesting.
2: You're right. But th- but that is like, OK, I, I I want Batman to advance and change in age and for his family to grow up. But I don't want them to strip away like one of the, you know, three or four core tenets of his character okay, well, but...
1: that, he, that he's that he's infallible. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, that he just doesn't kill.
1: But
0: he's that not... wouldn't. But he wasn't. He wasn't killing.
2: You know it would though. Yeah, no, 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 no. Think the thing about, about Bat-
0: they even
1: frame it where she is behind like the clayface face veil, and, and he doesn't know what's but they happening. They come through. They, come, they go he, through the
0: veil. He but walks he in the even... door. He sees Clayface doing this thing, and he throws him in the Clayface. And it, no, it...
2: no, because he doesn't even accidentally kill. That's just not.
0: That's not true. We just had a Tom King arc.
1: Or he did accidentally almost no, he purposely yes, did that.
2: And I that's and cool. I roasted Tom King for that because I think that's a terrible choice with the character.
0: But, th- but see, I, to me, an accident isn't a character choice.
2: It is for Batman, though. It, it always has been that way.
1: Uh, see, I, I think that this was a, a really milk toast and, and cowardly plot beat.
0: See, Zach, I'm with you. I also think that. It gives so much more credence. Like to me, to me, the best villains are the ones that you sympathize with in some way. And I think if the Arkham Knight's whole deal was that Batman even accidentally killed her mother, that would give her some the moral high ground in this story. It would be much more interesting than just you know that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, he, I can't he believe gets you guys pass. are even he saying gets a, this.
1: But no, listen. He gets a pass here mm. because he didn't throw it, but it's his fault still. Like that's exactly yeah. my point. Yes, yes, yes. And
2: so that's, that's so as, as still far as you're fault. allowed. That's as far as you're allowed to go with that man. But
1: but that is awful. I think. I think mm. that is bad. That's the way it's got to be in No. Comics. I think that is just.
2: You That's can do that with you can do that with other characters, boring. but you can't do that with Batman. Yes, I agree. I agree that it is, but like you just can't. That's a Rubicon you can't cross.
1: I feel there's like we've had that kind of story before. We haven't. There's a
2: reason. Before. There's a reason why we haven't in a thousand issues of Detective Comics.
1: I guess you would know, but you haven't read all nine hundred plus issues of Batman, though.
2: No, but there hasn't been. The Batman's never. I mean, he killed somebody in those early issues because. They hadn't established that yet, but once they established Batman's like no-kill thing, in continuity, not even by accident. Now some asshole's gonna like correct me on this, but but it's not a thing it's not a thing that you can do with Batman.
1: But why when you can do it with like Spider-Man?
2: Because because Spider-Man Spider-Man
1: is flawed. Bruce is clearly flawed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I'm saying like that is a fundamental change to the character, but it's that not. like, it is, it is though. Okay. How is it not?
0: It's okay. something that, no,
2: b- it's b- something b- that Bruce obsesses over constantly, no matter who's writing him.
0: And it, w- but that's the whole point is that Bruce is.
2: All so right. in te- so, in
0: te- so text, every day, what? every day when I come home from work, I, I, I do this. I, I have the same routine, right? I come in the house, I pet the dog, I get myself a glass of water, whatever. If one day I come in my house, I pet the dog, I go over and I go to 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 get my glass of water, turn the light switch on, and there was a gas leak in my house, and my house blows up, right? Did I do anything out of character for that to happen?
2: But you're a human being, and this is this is a this is a fictional character. But the fictional character who... is still
0: doing the same thing he's always done. That's my point. Is that there there's there's this
2: no, because Batman always finds a way for that not to happen because that's the way it's written. I, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, I, 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 look, look. I think this comic sucks, and I agree with you guys that it's like uh, a very boring origin for this character, and and that it w- what you're saying would be more interesting, but you can't do that with Batman. You just can't.
1: See, you can't I, do I think you can because I think. I I think that's what they're doing with Batman right now.
2: The, I don't think they are. How are they?
1: they that's it, what Tom King is doing. He, Tom King is doing Batman is bad.
2: Yeah, but Batman doesn't kill.
1: Batman is bad, bad, but he, but he doesn't but he, kill. But he has almost killed several times. <laughs>
2: okay, it, it would, in
1: fact, it would be, the, it would be the, kind of the flip side to the Tom King coin, where Tom King is Batman almost kills, and Tomasi is Batman accidentally kills.
2: That's that's ten times
0: worse. What's Batman's other thing, Vince? He doesn't kill How him. What would... else does he do?
2: Fucks. He doesn't fuck. No,
0: well, yeah, okay. third thing. He, he, do, do he canonically does that.
2: No, he's a ball cell.
0: Okay, what, what's the third thing he doesn't do? Uh,
2: the Batusi anymore.
0: No. What weapon doesn't he use? A gun. Okay. What does he do at the end of Final Crisis? Literally one of our favorite Batman stories. Yes. Yeah, you're you're right, but... But but, but see, that's the thing. The Final Crisis found a reason for Batman to fire a gun that made sense. So you want Detective Comics
2: uh, number 1004 written by Peter Tomasi... uh, You want Batman to, to accidentally have killed in that issue... For the Arkham Knight of all people.
1: No, I don't want any of this to be happening. I don't <laughs> yeah. want this story at all. But, but if, if these are the if, if these are the pieces that are in play.
0: If you're trying uh, to get me to care about this story, that's just far more compelling.
1: Because even I mean, you're after, right about even that, after right? After all of that happens and we get this long, long, very verbose origin story for this character that no one cares about. Um, we get a, a wink and a nod where, where Damien, fourth walls, looks at the camera and's like, oh, darn it. Don't we all hate Batman sometimes? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, we do. He, he is stinker. <laughs>
1: Just completely undermines the whole thing. Like, You're right. He gets off completely scot-free, you know, like has no accountability, and it's fine.
2: The thing is, is that if you have Batman, the the point of Batman is that nobody even accidentally dies because of him, and
1: but, but someone the, did, and the and people n- do.
2: No, no, they don't. They don't. This That's one. the. That's the whole point. If you learn nothing from Grant
1: Morrison, the god of all comics, he would agree with me. Okay, but only (laughs) Grant Morrison writes him that way.
2: It's a tacit understanding when you're reading a Batman comic.
0: (laughs) It is. It is. (sighs) It is. It's a tacit Uh, understanding that Bruce doesn't kill.
2: Yeah, even accidentally. Nobody dies. Nobody dies because of He that does He does
1: He's not going to kill them, but he doesn't have to save them. <laughs> yeah. Look, we already established basically. The, the no you're saying
0: that Bruce Wayne is the reverse Mister Bean, where he can't <laughs> even stumble into like he can't even stumble into shit.
2: You you are taking this. All, you're not seeing comics as like the metaphor or the
0: or the fiction that they are because without it's, because without a story, the metaphor falls apart. Well,
1: I agree. I guess that's why, I, no. we get these, that's why we're getting this story, I guess. Yes,
2: yes. What I was just going to say is I, I agree that it does, but I'm saying you can't do that. Because if you if you let Tomasi accidentally have Bruce accidentally kill someone, then... What is keeping you in future stories from having other writers just constantly having? You're admitting then that 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 Bruce is accidentally killing people all the time. I'm telling you, of that course he does. That would be
1: interesting.
2: No, 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 no. No. Oh, I think it would. I'm telling you that I agree with you that of course Batman accidentally kills people all the time, but the understanding that we're supposed to have as readers of a fictional comic book is that This is it.
1: why you like that Warren Ellis story so Absolute. much. Absolutely.
2: Yes, that's why Warren Ellis and Grant Morrison and, and Jonathan Hickman are all my favorite writers because they uh, uh, all uh, understand that they would all agree with what I'm that's saying. That's
0: why Brian and I did not care for that Warren yeah. Ellis story. <laughs> well, here's here's my point, Vince, okay. The problem with that is that if you take it even one step further, it all falls apart. Like, for instance, if I could believe that Batman doesn't kill accidentally... Again, we're agreeing, of course he does, but if I can suspend that disbelief for a second, okay? Then, let's say that, you know, Batman captures petty criminal Vince Ostrowski... Uh, robbing a bank, and Vince goes to uh, goes to prison. And in prison, Vince is shivved to death because he has bad comics opinions. That death wouldn't have been possible if he wasn't in Blackgate. That's not. But no, the, but no, no, you're saying the same because Mm-mm. you're. You are. Yes, you are. You're saying the same thing. That's Mm-mm. accidentally caused by. Bruce did not set out for that person to die, but accidentally he did because of Batman. Because Batman caught him, put him in Blackgate, and then he was killed in Blackgate.
2: No, 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 no. It's not. Because because we're talking about physically throwing a Batarang from his hand. Like, when, when Batman is out doing things, when he's out fighting crime,
1: I've gotta He's... I've gotta come back to this. Go <sighs> for it. Well for first let's finish. I, 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 yeah, go ahead and finish.
2: All I was gonna say is that 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 he doesn't do things that are directly responsible for somebody dying out in the field.
1: Would would he not then have planned to throw the batterings in a way that they could not be recoverable and used?
2: That is yes, that is a valid I will accept that as a valid Yes, I do, but then but then what you're telling me is that that's that the premise that this story sets up is acceptable tension for it's an acceptable uh, tension for Astrid to be pissed at Batman and blame it on him. Whereas your original it, well, argument is that it was not so no
1: well, because it's treated as it's not because they are not working on the same supposition that you are right now <laughs>
0: We have gone so far talking about this issue and not mentioned how Joker helps deliver a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just think we need to establish that. Oh it's now and, and which of the three Jokers is this? Ooh, that's so, a good question. Oh. Uh, oh my gosh. So just the fucking idea that <laughs> that in an arc of asylum, which is which is for the, the most deranged criminals in the world. They see a pregnant lady, and they're like, whoa, whoa, back off. The beauty of natural childbirth needs to be preserved here. And, like, they help this woman give birth. And then the fact that she called, that the baby Astrid calls him fucking Uncle Joker. <laughs> hey, guys,
1: I'm starting to think that in... Much as with the, the Tom King-Tim Seeley pairing, maybe... Maybe the Tomasi Gleason pairing.
0: <laughs> is all Gleason? Is all Gleason.
1: <laughs> oh man. Cause I mean. Oh no, I was
0: trying. Solomon yeah, I... Grundy, born on a Monday, have to protect this innocent woman and her baby. <laughs> <What> the, fuck <laughs> what the fuck is this comic? The fuck is this comic? uh <laughs> Here's a question for you guys: Is this the worst Batman comic of Rebirth single issue? No, no,
2: no. There have been several Tom King issues that have been worse.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there was an issue in War of Jokes and Riddles that was that
0: was worse.
2: The whole thing. The whole thing. The, oh, I, I don't know. I, the I hate, whole thing oh, is worse man. than this. I.
0: Th- that arc, that whole arc. That's what I mean. I don't know if that whole arc is worse than this. Oh yeah. I was. hate that arc, but this is, this is a different level of bad.
2: I don't know. Oof. It's it's, really it's not it, it. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, comics like this are a dime a dozen. Whereas I feel like,
0: sure, okay. I
2: I feel like Tom Kings are, are specifically designed to. To gnaw at me. Yeah. By being obnoxious.
0: I understand that. Yeah. I just feel like this has... This is a breath away from Dr. Doom crying at 9-11. <laughs> That's I don't I
1: much. don't I don't know if I disagree. As usual, I'm somewhere between you two, but
0: <laughs> no. I mean, the Joker the Joker wanting a pregnant lady to help her lady give birth is is as yeah. illogical as Dr. Doom crying at 11. Sure. Okay. I have told you what 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 I always thought why he was crying, right?
2: I, I, want, I want to hear it. I don't because, know if I want to hear it. No, but I don't the, know
0: cuz I feel like a supervillain would say like I should have done that. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. Oh,
1: that issue is so problematic. I don't. I, oh, I don't think I can talk about it. Okay.
0: Well, let's let's move on from that issue then, and let's get over to uh, the Flash number. Is it seventy-one? Yeah, seventy-one. Written by Josh Williamson. Illustrated by Howard Porter. Second part of the Flash Year One. Um, so. This issue was a lot of fun, and I know Zach, you wanted to talk about it a little bit, but I, I wanted to start off by saying that to basically this issue, this issue is an extreme version of the scene in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, when Bill and Ted first see the future Bill and Ted, and they say like, you know, say so how do the princesses for us? Who you'll see like it's just it's it's an older version of Barry telling younger Barry how dope his life's going to be. Yeah yeah (laughs) that's good thank you go ahead zach you want to talk about this so dig in uh um i loved
1: this i think this is super good um so yes it was uh, this is wild that this is like the new canonical flash origin because it's the second issue and flash basically like finds out everything about the whole flash mythology in, in one issue. And then he comes back. Um, he like meets his older self. The fact that that's like part of it now is just kind of crazy. And it was just a ton of fun, man. Howard Porter's art is so good. Um, this issue looked fantastic. I I thought the, the, the coloring was really good and I really liked the the designs of like all the the turtle like the turtle and his turtle his turtle club. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know that scene was filmed on nine eleven, right?
2: <laughs> Do you think olderberry told Youngberry that he did nine <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, eleven? Flashpoint, you're right. Yeah. Oh
1: <laughs> that's another thing that's another thing not that but um we get more bits about you know which timeline is this which Barry is this he asks him those questions um Williamson's just doing some really fun stuff here this is I, you know, the best thing to come out of the Tom King news is that Williamson will be the only one who gets to make it to 100 issues, and man, he deserves <laughs> well, it.
2: Wait a minute! I'm knocking on <laughs> you wood best right knock, now. Yeah, knock on wood right now, buddy.
1: <laughs> oh, I definitely think he's going to get to because he, I'm okay. Don, not definitely, nothing's definite. Everything's bad in comics, but um, he is he's setting some stuff up here. Yeah, or uh, or at least I think he is. I I feel like this is the beginning of his like third act. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Well said, Vince. Go ahead. Um. Well, I think the issue looks beautiful. First of all, uh, I just love Howard Porter's art. Um, it's technically impressive, and it it's really uh eye-grabbing to look at, but it, you know, apart from just how it looks, I love, again, the sense of, like, timing. In you know, when, when Barry's unsure of his powers and everything's moving fast, there's lots of little panels. And when things slow down for him a little bit, it kind of expands out a bit. Um, I think he does a really great job of channeling the sense of speed. I think that's a key key thing for flash artists and not everybody always gets it right. Or some people do it better than others. Um, I think he's great at it. Um, in these early issues, his Barry always seems kind of off balance, which I think is appropriate. Um, like he's always, he's always sliding forward or, or, or falling back or, you know, he's very unsure of himself and that, that is present in the body language. Especially when you compare it to the body language of the older olderberry. I think that's a a continual choice that's made in this issue. Um, the older olderberry just looks and feels very confident. Um, as far as the story is concerned, I, I think it's I think it's perfectly fine thus far. I expected a little bit more of Barry in the future for some reason. I just, I think because it's such a, a big leap for him to make in his origin right off the bat, like accidentally traveling to the future, I felt like we were going to spend more time there, but I think the time that was spent there was appropriate and spending any more time there. Probably if you think about it, probably screws some timeline stuff up. So it's probably better that they didn't. Um, I guess I was just surprised that they were, already done with that by the end of the issue. Um but really nice stuff. Yeah. I I like it a lot, Brian.
0: Yeah. Um what I really enjoyed about this issue was like you know, the Flash is one of the few characters that can time travel all the time and it doesn't feel out of sorts. Like it's just part of it's part of the Flash character, right? Is that he he fucks with time travel, the cosmic treadmill, all that. I love that this issue already presents a number of really striking questions. Like, for instance, Barry thinks, well, if I stop the turtle now, will that stop what happens in the future from happening? You know, am I supposed to build the cosmic treadmill myself? Um, Like, am I destined to be that person that I met? All these really important questions are asked in this issue, but it's not done in a heavy-handed Tom King way at all. It just, the story unfolds itself, and these questions kind of naturally come up, and it doesn't feel, doesn't feel like Williamson is trying to be profound in any way, but the profundity comes from just the comic itself and the situations itself. It's a very natural comic. And I love that about the writing of it. Uh, Vince, you stole my bit about the, uh, the size of the panels that Porter mm. is doing here. I love that. And like Zach said, Barry downloads so much information in this issue about the Flash mythos. Um, it's just great. It's a really, really fun issue. And I was not super excited about a Flash year one just because I felt like, oh we've seen that before. That type of book before. But this feels really fresh and fun. And I can't wait for the next issue. Yeah. Same, actually. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our last book of the week, The Terrifics, number 16, written by Gene and Yang, illustrated by Steven Segovia. We didn't talk about the first Yang issue uh, last month because it was a, it came out during a crazy week. Um, but, you know, this, is, this will officially be in a few weeks, the last New Age of Heroes book standing. It is... Um, Solicited through August, at least you know, without a final issue to hang on it, so it might get up to twenty-four or thirty issues, um, which is crazy. But the the book is starting to bring together some of the the, the seeds that Jeff Lemire planted. You know, we're still getting um, offspring, which is Plastic Man's son. We're getting the alternate universe Ms. Terrific. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff happening here. What did you guys think of this issue?
1: Um Can I give you my goof first? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This issue of the Terrifics is Persona 5. <laughs>
0: you're gonna to have to explain so, that goof to me yeah let's <laughs> get
1: it do you get it Benz?
2: i i mean i kind of but i i haven't played five is it something specific from five or is it just the persona so, in general
1: so, so so in persona five the whole like stick is they're going into these basically like um uh, they're like imaginary worlds basically that are made up of like they're basically like people's mind palaces essentially um and like each villain has this mind palace that they go into and fight this like this version of like the way the villain truly sees themselves and like the panel at the end is is like literally the first boss of persona 5 (laughs) like literally um so Yeah, that's my goof. I guess wrong, wrong crowd. I should have made this joke on the manga club. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, mean, I'm there with you, Zach. Even if I haven't played that particular, I I feel you.
1: You feel me. Yeah, and even even the dungeon, the dungeon crawly stuff. You know, like Mm -hmm.
2: that's
1: there too. Um,
2: Yeah, and it still maintains its its like Fantastic Four feel. I think, uh, well, well doing some very different, a very different sort of setting, you know? Um, there's like, there's the Pixelix, I believe, uh, their name was, which is essentially a silver surfer type character.
0: Yes. The Herald.
2: Yeah. The Herald. <laughs> and I felt like the, the bug or fly creatures or whatever you want to, I don't know if they were named. Um, were very, like, Mole Men. If you want to make, like, a, F- a Fantastic Four sure, yeah, yeah, I could see reference. that, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, Gene Luen Yang, I think, is keeping a lot of plates spinning while telling uh, his own story, and I feel like there's lots of great character beats. Um, he's just so good. He's so good at, at... Who knew that he would be, like, a truly great superhero comics writer you know
0: yeah yeah what i liked about this issue the one beat in particular and we got this a little bit in the first issue he did too which is you know i i think for all of us you know the, or the three of us were married men and if we lost our wives we'd be devastated and if there was this opportunity to find somebody who looks just like your wife and who has the same experiences as your wife and you fall in love with them all over again. There's this very like comfortable thing that you might fall into and think, Oh, that's, that's them. But that's my wife. Yeah. That's my, my wife. Uh, <laughs> if, but... if she lets me call her landfill, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well played, sir. Um, but you know, but this book sort of plays that tension a lot and they, they, they're falling in love again, but they stop themselves and they say oh, like, but well, this isn't, this isn't real, you know? And I feel like in comics so many times, like look at, look at the various Jean Grays out there, how sometimes that's not handled as deftly as this is here. I guess that was a really nice way to handle this, this particular story beat. And I think that there's a lot of weird relationships that were built into this book by Lemire and uh I'm glad that they're sticking around like I think you know Metamorpho and his uh his lady friend and all that it's just it's really good. it's a good book and Vince just sent us a drill tweet, and uh <laughs> now I'm laughing.
2: <laughs> well it's 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 appropriate for the book i love and it cherish is. all of the girls of this site and other websites you all become my wife more and more with each mm-hmm. passing day thank you and that's what mr terrific is saying to his, 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 yeah she becomes his wife with more and more with each passing day
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah anything else to add about this issue
2: I'm just glad this book is still around.
0: Yeah, me too.
2: And I hope, I hope, uh, these characters, you know, if this book doesn't last for whatever reason, I hope these characters hang around the DCU and get into shenanigans. We already know that Plastic Man is in, uh, Leviathan, right? Yes. So, so there's that.
0: Yeah. Um, so, if you guys thought that this week was interesting for comics, oh man, next week is fucking crazy. <sighs> it's gonna be a nine-hour show next week.
2: Yeah, we're really gonna be taxed. To
0: you guys, better start reading early. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, now I'm all caught up. Actually, I I was you know, I, I had to travel one week and stuff and etc. So I, I was behind, but now I'm I'm caught up. So. I will read early, but so let's just, let's, let's go through what well, here. Okay. Vince, I'm going to go through the minor books and I'll, I'll let you guys with the major books. Okay. okay. So, so we have a Catwoman annual. We have, um, the, uh, tech annual. We have the dog days of summer book, which I believe is the <laughs> super pets, right? Aren't those all the so. super pet stories? I um, think so.
2: Probably a bad cow in there.
0: Yeah, and then uh, I'm going to include this in minor, even though it's not, but The Wildstorm 23 is you just a standard issue of The Wildstorm, which is yeah. going to be great, great, but isn't, you know, like a mind-boggling issue. But lay on us, what, what else is coming out next week? Batman,
2: Batman, Last Night on Earth, number one, the uh, Snyder-Capullo joint, the last Batman story. Uh, Until they load another dump truck of money onto Scott's lawn. Um, Doomsday Clock, issue 10. (laughs) Believe it or not, is actually coming out. Heroes in Crisis, number nine. The final issue. Thank the Lord. Praise Jesus. The final Heroes in Crisis. Uh, And the Superman Leviathan Rising special. Number one, which is a is a ten dollar comic. So, is that going to be like eighty pages?
1: I think it is eighty pages.
2: Yeah. Sweet, Christ, we have a lot of reading to do.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, because in that issue we're going to get our first look at the Jimmy Olsen, yeah, the the fractional Jimmy Olsen yeah. stuff and the and the Rucka Lois Lane. Oh, God! <laughs> Next week is Gabagool, you guys.
0: It's going to be a crazy week. I,
2: and I, out, of, I, out of all of those, I'm probably the most stoked to read Wildstar number 23.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we may have to do, like, uh, we may have to say, like, we're only going to talk about two or three books next week. because so I mean, before.
1: honestly, like, I think our five could just be, well, wow. if we were just very efficient with our time, we could talk about the big five.
0: Last Night on Earth, Dog Days of Summer, Catwoman. Uh, yes, and, yes, uh, yeah.
1: yes. Raven, Daughter of Darkness, Volume Two, Trade Paperback. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I think I think we should just say right now we're doing the Leviathan Special, Heroes in Crisis, Doomsday Clock, Last Night on Earth. That's okay. it. Four. That's fair. That's fair. And and I guess we w- we'll
1: we'll still have one more issue left to talk about Wildstorm yes later exactly oh yeah. for sure for we'll sure. talk about 24 for sure
0: yep yeah did i we think talk that's about the, the, the wildcats news last week we did okay. I we did
2: yeah Good. we we creamed over it i thought so
1: And um, what a week that is wild I actually
0: might read those as soon as you upload them. (laughs) Well, uh, what you can do in the meanwhile is you can go to multiversitycomics.com, check out all of our fun stuff. We're doing a new thing this year called the Summer Comics Binge, and there's a number of DC series that are going to be covered there. I'm going to be doing The powers, Powers of Shazam. Our friend Walt Richardson is doing Countdown to Final Crisis, uh, it's gonna be super fun. So check that out. Starting very very soon. And you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian Idzenap. I am at Walker Fox. If you need Vince, you can go to FarmersOnly dot com and <laughs> seek him out there. Or you can read his four hundred page manifesto: Why Batman Doesn't Accidentally Do Anything. <laughs> well, I'm right. Except
1: I have a child. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he shoots that gun indiscriminately. Yeah.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> oh, the gun is his heart. Yeah. Good night, folks. I was,
2: I was joking around on Twitter, and I thought you were gonna like go jump in your pond or something. <laughs>
0: First of all, it's a lake. Second of all, I like uh, hey, I,
2: I'm from I'm from Minnesota. I, I think I know what a lake looks like.
0: Uh, you're from Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, I am you, from Wisconsin. You're Minnesota. you're trying to pawn yourself off as a big city intellectual <laughs> as you're talking to an <laughs> East Coast <laughs> elitist here. I understand. <laughs>